Six Podcast. It is, oh my goodness, it's Thursday, July 4th, America's birthday. Happy July 4th to everybody. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of this daily NFL podcast. That's right. Even in the off season, even in the deadest time of the year, we don't stray from our daily format, even on a holiday. That's very America of us. And to really celebrate America, we're going to be joined today Talking football, talking running backs by Heath Cummings, and best of all, as you might expect if you listen to this podcast enough, we're going to talk beer, Heath. Well, we're going to start off talking soccer, because I need to uh, clarify something with you. There's nothing Uh-oh. more American than pretending to sip tea after scoring a goal against the Brits, right? A hundred percent. Okay. I, I, I didn't under... I, first of all, I don't understand why people got upset, particularly British people. I understand why the Brits were upset. They're like... How dare you celebrate like this? This explains why Americans are so incapable of winning graciously. It's like, if you guys had won, you've been doing the same thing. Like, stop it. It's a, yeah. it's a contest. It's a side. And one guy even went so far as to like bring in a national tragedy from America into my mentions on it. It's like, dude, it's just a soccer game. We're joking on Twitter. We're being Americans. It's fine. You would have done the same thing. And to see that move. The, the, the sipping tea celebration was, was, was just beautiful. Um, I am all for scoring as many goals as you can and celebrating as hard as you can in soccer. Agree 100%. So we're on the same page. Off to a great start. Absolutely. Um, okay. So we're doing a, uh, rankings thing. Uh, we did, uh, quarterbacks with Danny Cannell, wide receivers with Brian McFadden, and there's a corresponding article on the site with, uh, cumulative rankings and all that. These are top 10 running backs from a, I guess it's a, like, the ranking is not necessarily supposed to be top 10 fantasy running backs, but it's sort of the same thing when you're talking about the NFL. Um, so we're going to dive in and we're going to reveal Heath's top 10, my top 10. Yours are probably slanted more towards fantasy. Mine probably are too, subconsciously. And I'm going to try not to lose my voice in this podcast. Uh, let's start with your number 10 running back, Heath, which would be who? It would be Dalvin Cook, who would be higher on this list if he had shown me the ability to play 16 games without injuring something. But I do think in today's NFL, his his ability to succeed both in the running game and in the passing game, I think he has the potential to be a top five, top three fantasy back, especially with as run heavy as Minnesota seems seems to want to play. I agree completely. I love Dalvin Cook. And as I've explained on this podcast, I don't know if I pointed it out to you, but maybe I did. Um, again, memory bad here. But the addition of Garrett Bradbury, the addition of Gary Kubiak, means we're going to see a very heavy zone-blocking run attack by the Minnesota Vikings. That's what Dalvin Cook ran in college. It's what he's comfortable doing. I don't buy that... Any of the additions are handcuff problems for him. I think he's going to have a great year. Somehow, this is very odd, but um, whoever put together our the list, it's like a Google Doc, and there's, I don't know, there's we got Ryan Wilson, uh, R.J. White, Sean Wagner, Chris Trapasso, Kevin Stimel, all uh, Jason Lacafora, Prisco's not doing it, but everybody's doing these rankings. I, I don't think Dalvin Cook made the list. Like Ronald Jones is on here, and Dalvin Cook is not. Um, Dalvin Cook is not on the list. It's like literally just a typo. Like he's just, but he would. I'm glad you had me on. We would have never said his name. We wouldn't have mentioned him because he yeah. he didn't make my top ten. He is right there in terms of honorable mention for me. I am curious what you think though. At the back end of drafts on in the first round, are are you thinking Dalvin Cook or are you thinking Odell Beckham, Julio Jones? I'm thinking more wide receivers. Me too. Yeah, but it's for me. It's Julio Jones or Juju. 
I agree completely. I like the wide receiver move, and there are there's just tons of options on the back end. Juju, by the way, got him in our dynasty mock draft. Pretty excited about that. Uh, like eighth or something like that. All right, my number ten wide receiver, my number ten running back, um, and this is where I think the fantasy thing might shift a little bit. But I've got uh, I had David Johnson at number ten actually, which is probably a little bit lower than maybe he would be on your list. I think he has the skill set to be incredible. We saw that he is capable of being a two thousand yard total or two the you know two thousand yard from scrimmage guy at his in his best peak and. He wasn't even that terrible last year. He had a pretty good season considering what he was handcuffed with from a coaching standpoint, an offensive line standpoint, a schematic standpoint, a quarterback standpoint. And I think he'll be much better off in this system with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, but he's still a question mark to me. So I have him there at number 10. Who's, yeah, he's, he's a little higher than this, but I understand why you've got him at 10. Who's, uh, who you got at nine? Uh, Joe Mixon, Ooh. who I was a little bit skeptical of going into last year but he showed me some things when they gave him opportunities in the passing game and I really think if this Bengals team could even be average he has the possibility to have just a monstrous year the offensive line I still don't believe will be good but it should be better and he was pretty good considering what was around him last year uh, I agree I have Joe Mixon a lot higher I think the Jonah Williams factor is a major problem like out of the gates, the Bengals have lost their starting left tackle, who was a rookie, who was their first-round pick, who was presumably going to kick Cordy Glenn to the right side, who was presumably going to get Bobby Hart the hell out of the lineup and then make life easier for Joe Mixon. I do think he – I wonder what you think. And I think Mixon's right there in that Dalvin Cook area too. It's like late – early second, late first, a guy you might take if you want to go running back. What are your thoughts on – the impact of that coaching staff. Do we, we, cause we don't really know what the coaching staff is going to do, but they could potentially, like, if they operate like the Rams did, Mixon could skyrocket. Oh yeah, that's, that's completely true. I mean, I've, I've thought about that a lot when it comes to AJ Green, whether he's going to stand out in mm. terms of targets like he has in the past, if they're going to use that Rams model. But what that Rams model would mean is Gio Bernard's not having the impact that he has over the last couple of years. Mm, that's a good point. Uh, all right. My number nine running back. Is, uh, Le'Veon Bell. I think Le'Veon Bell, I'm certainly worried. I would actually take Dalvin Cook over Le'Veon Bell in fantasy, just for the record. And I like Dalvin Cook better. But Le'Veon Bell has been an all-pro running back. He can run every route on the route tree. He's an incredible rece- uh, receiver of the, of the ball. He is a guy who can beat press man coverage when he's split out in the slot. He, he can run. He's patient between the tackles. Uh, I do worry about the offensive line with the Jets. I worry about the comments about Adam Gase and Le'Veon Bell, but I think the system fits him as a short yardage weapon. And I think they'll try and lean on Le'Veon Bell, who they paid a lot of money to. So um, in my mind, Le'Veon Bell might actually be a value, might actually be undersold here as my number nine running back. Yeah, I think he is undersold. I've got him, uh, I've got him higher than this. Oh, interesting. At number eight is not Le'Veon Bell. I've got him higher than eight too. It's actually David Johnson, who oh, you already okay. talked about. Right. I, same range. Yeah, I I think there's an argument that David Johnson should be much, much higher than this. The Cardinals' offensive game plan was just so vanilla and awful last season that I have a hard time judging him based on that. Yep. But it, last year was mediocre enough to knock him out of my top five. Mm, interesting. Oh, and uh, um, by the way, I forgot to mention at the top of the podcast because I'm an idiot. Uh, we also have an interview with James Conner coming up. Running back, James Conner. Of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll see if he makes the top ten. He's definitely making the top ten. He thinks he should make the top five. He tells us that. Uh, he, yeah, but it was interesting. He didn't say I'm number one. He said, I think I'm top five. So he puts himself after the big four, I think. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, that will be after the break and after the beer rankings. Um, so at 
number, in fact, I remember that because I was about to write down his name at, I had him at, uh, I had him at number eight. My number eight running back is, is, uh, is James Conner. And I think it's going to be fascinating to see what the Steelers do here. They, you know, I, I like Conner above Bell. I put Juju above Antonio Brown in terms of wide receiver rankings. I think the Steelers are going to have the better two guys when all is said and done in 2019 on their roster. And I think Connor flashed enough as a receiver and as a runner between the tackles. He doesn't have the ceiling of Le'Veon Bell, but I think he has a floor that is perfectly adequate if you're going to use a first-round pick on him in fantasy and a guy that you can lean on for 16 games. Now, I have concerns, Heath, if I'm drafting him, especially with a top-six pick, that Jalen Samuels and Benny Snell might be heavily involved. What say you? I tried to fight off those concerns until Connor acted like it was just a foregone conclusion. And then more recently, Connor has acted like he doesn't know what everybody's talking about. He expects his role to be the same. So we talk, I, I, I talked to him about that, by the way. And he said that um, he seems like I, I here's my take on it. I think he's saying whatever needs to be said to sound like it's he's team first, but he wants to be the guy. Good. Good, because that was part of the problem with Le'Veon Bell is it didn't sound like he really did anymore. Um, I have James Conner one spot higher than this at right. number seven. Right. I don't really have a lot of concerns about him. I think he's a first-round pick in fantasy. I think he's very talented. Most importantly, he's in a fantastic situation in Pittsburgh right now. He can catch the football. His targets should go up from last year. Uh, I, the one thing that will be controversial is the guy that I have one spot ahead of, I think, but we'll hmm. see. Uh, what would you do if you were drafting – Steelers running backs, how would you handcuff them? Like, if you drafted Connor in the first round, hypothetically, how would you handcuff him? I, I do not generally target handcuffs. Okay. There are some times when I will take one, but for the most part, when I'm in the 10th, 11th round, there are players that I want because I think they might just be good. And I'm not going to use a roster spot on someone's backup and hope, because I, when I've done that in the past, my general, feeling on that is I have dropped that guy before the running back's gotten hurt. Yeah. Or and like, so I just don't like doing it. Or your guy or your the guy you draft in the first round stays healthy. Yeah. And then you're wasting a spot. Um I wonder if your my guy that I have at seven might be your guy that you have at six. Uh and I honestly thought about putting this guy at five, but there's I really think there's four there's four top there's the there's the big four and then there's a mix of guys from five to ten who are very interchangeable for me. Uh my guy at uh seven is Nick Chubb. And speaking of handcuffs, you know, if you draft Nick Chubb, you probably want to draft Kareem Hunt, but it looks like Kareem Hunt might get in enough trouble where he's not a factor. And frankly, Heath, I think that Nick Chubb, because of Kareem Hunt, might be one of the most undervalued fantasy assets in football. You and I on this podcast and elsewhere, uh, via the great Matt Waldman, told people left and right to pick up Nick Chubb bef- before he ever started a game. And I hopefully a bunch of people won their leagues because they drafted Chubb or, or picked up Chubb off the waiver wire or drafted him because he was explosive down the stretch. And if you extrapolate his full stats over a season from when he started was really starting, he would have been RB3 last year. So I almost feel like you could make Nick Chubb a top five running back. I have him right here. I sort of wish I'd put him higher, but I'm, I'm comfortable with it, and I think he's going to be a superstar. Uh, you're, you're not going to be happy with me. I like everything you just said. You left him I off. I agree with you. Oh, my God. Well, the difference is Dalvin Cook. Okay, that's right. Um, that's the see, apparently the one guy that I have in the top ten that you don't. Nick Chubb is the guy that you have that I don't. Um, I, I would like to see a little more from Chubb in terms of pass catching. Sure. Uh, especially with the direction the league is going. 
uh, he's right there though. I mean, he's he'd right there in the honorable mention. For wow. Me. Okay. Uh, so that was my number. What seven? We had to do these in backwards order too. So you would like assign. To, so it's like very extremely confusing for me. Who is your? Is it six? Are we on? My number six is Le'Veon Bell. Okay. And I just go back to like, if we go by what he was when we last saw him, he belongs in the number one discussion. Yep. I don't know if he's lost anything, but I expect him to make an enormous impact in the passing game. He may not get, he won't get as many carries as he did in Pittsburgh, but that could be okay too. I agree with you completely. Um, I think if you're, if you are a person who likes running backs in terms of drafting and fantasy, it's a really good year where you don't like, if you're in the first four picks, you're going to get a stud. And if you're in the last four picks, you can get some combo of like Lev Bell, James, probably not James Conner, but Lev Bell, Nick Chubb, Dalvin Cook, um, Joe Mixon, and, and you could come away with two potential RB1s. Again, Heath and I both lean towards the wide receiver position, but um, it's it's pretty fruitful down there in the second part of the, the running back position. I have Joe Mixon at six, and I'm a little – I don't know if I'm surprised by it. I just think when you look at what he did, you know, he only had uh, 280 touches last year. I mean, that's – you know, 237 carries is, is not that much. Started 13 games – or played in 14 games. Um, Average 83.4 rushing yards per game, 17 attempts per game. Ended up getting 55 targets and 43 catches. Had a total of 1,464 yards from scrimmage. And is just 23 years old now. I think he's, yeah, he'll turn 23 later this month. Happy early birthday to Joe Mixon, July 24th. I I know he had the college stuff that turns people off and and make people not want to like him. But in this new system, if they can make the offensive line work, and this offense is anywhere, even if it's like a poor man's version of the Rams, it's going to be miles better than whatever he was dealing with with the Bengals before. And I think Mixon could be in the conversation for, uh, I don't know about number one, but like top five. I think he's one of the guys who could make the leap along with Chubb, along with Dalvin Cook, um, if, if this offense is as good as potentially advertised. Yeah, that's my only concern is whether it will be. Right. And it might not be. Uh, who's your five? It's Melvin Gordon. We're same there. Uh, what's that? I mean, we're the same yeah. there. I mean, that's I, Yeah, I mean, I, I think the top five, I assume there was a consensus top five amongst everyone. It's just what order you want to put these guys in. Yeah. Gordon showed some things with catching the ball last year. I He obviously was not very good his first couple of years in terms of yards per carry, but then you gave him a decent offensive line, and he really showed you what he can do. He's got a nose for the end zone. The only real concern I have is he does have a, a, a growing list of knee injuries. Mm. Only played 12 games last year. Was still a really valuable asset for the Chargers, obviously, and for fantasy owners. No one would complain about having him as your first-round pick. Um, where is he going relative – is he going fifth? Is it just he's – if you had the fifth pick, you're just taking Melvin Gordon or uh, – No, DeAndre Hopkins goes there a lot. Okay. So he's going top seven. Okay, so it's like – Basically the big four who we're about to talk about, Melvin Gordon, Hopkins, and James Conner? Or maybe Devontae Adams or okay. maybe like whoever you think your number one receiver is, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, I, Gordon feels like a consolation prize, but I think it's a pretty good consolation prize at, if, you're, if, you're, if you're dying for a running back and you're outside the top four. Yeah, I think in like a non-PPR league, he's really close for me to McCaffrey. In mm-hmm. fact, I would put him and McCaffrey more in the same tier than I would the top three. Does that mean uh, that Christian McCaffrey is your number four? It is Christian McCaffrey, my number four. Um, I, he may be the best pass catcher of the group, 
but I'm still not entirely sold on whether he could do the things that we've seen some of these other guys do in terms of ha- handling the load on the ground with a huge workload. I have McCaffrey higher, and uh, I can talk about that when we get to it. My number four is actually um, Alvin Kamara, and that's not a slight on Alvin Kamara. I, I think that, like like you said, these top four guys are are really, really close. Um I do think, and look, I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back here, because Alvin Kamara, if you look at just approximate value, he was more valuable last year for the Saints uh, than he was the year before. He had 74 more touches. His overall volume stats increased. He had six more rushing touchdowns, uh, one less receiving touchdown, exact same number of receptions, 81 both years. But we did see uh, his yards per carry decline from 6.1 to 4.6. That shouldn't be surprising. And I think the issue for me is, Heath, whether or not the Saints decide we are going to lean on Alvin Kamara as the end-all, be-all running back with Mark Ingram gone. And I do worry a little bit, like, is Latavius Murray the same kind of compliment that Mark Ingram was to Alvin, to Alvin Kamara? And I don't know if that's the case. And I wouldn't be surprised, frankly, if the Saints' offense slowed down a little bit as Drew Brees got older. So I have Kamara at four. Yeah, I can, I've got him at three. And I, I like he and McCaffrey, I could make just about the same argument for they're, why they're I would. They're very similar players. Very similar. The, the difference to this point is that Kamara has been just a little bit more explosive. Yep. And he's had these outlandish seasons. I mean, last year it was basically the touchdowns that helped him to reach the level and justify what he did. The year before it was wild efficiency. And we haven't really seen either of those two things from McCaffrey. He's been very, very good. But he just hasn't hasn't been quite as elite in certain areas as Kamara. What do you think the odds are that Alvin Kamara f- finishes next year with eighteen or more touchdowns? Fifteen <laughs> percent. I see. That's that's my concern with Latavius Murray is that if you, I mean at least the way he was used in Minnesota, he wasn't a first and second down spell guy. He was a goal line spell guy. So like if, right. he, if he's a goal line vulture in in New Orleans and Kamara finishes with ten total touchdowns and has the same averages that he had last year, he's not going to be the same guy he was in fantasy. I mean, although 81 catches in PPR is ridiculous. Right. Yeah, Um, no, that'll hurt. Yeah. Uh, Next up, so who uh, you had Kamara three. I actually have uh, Ezekiel Elliott three. And, again, we're nitpicking here because I think the top four guys are very, very close. It depends on what you like. There is nothing not to love about Ezekiel Elliott um, on the field when he has played all a full season and by full season, I really just mean 15 games because for what he sat out the la- the final game of the year in his first and third years, he led the NFL in rush attempts, rush yards. And in all three of his seasons in the NFL, he's led the league in yard rush yards per game. He had 381 touches last year, but only 304 rushes, uh, 1,433 yards. He's actually hasn't been, outside of his rookie season, that great in terms of um, touchdowns. Had nine last year. Really cranked up the volume in terms of receiving 77 catches. They involved him a lot more. And there is an argument that with um, – how, how do I forget his name every time? The Boise State quarterback, offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. With Kellen Moore there, that this offense could take off. I, maybe they utilize Dak's running skills a little bit more. Maybe Zeke's even more explosive. He's certainly in the mix for one for me with all, with all, with all four of these guys. Uh, I am a little bit hesitant with this potential discipline news floating out there. That worries me, but I'm just going to ignore it for the purposes of this exercise <laughs> sure. and tell you that Ezekiel Elliott is my number one okay. running back. And I just like, I don't know that people get this. 
his 16 game pace for his career, like not picking out at the best 16 games or this one year where he was really good or a 10 game stretch for his entire career, his 16 game pace, 2,099 yards, 13 touchdowns. Is that right? Total yards. 2,099 total yards, yeah. 16 touchdowns. That's a very good point. And. Or, or 13 touchdowns, I'm sorry. Yeah, 13 touchdowns. Right. But just ridiculous. And last year, he caught 77 passes on 95 targets. And still only played 15 games. He's never, he's never missed a game with injury. He's really sturdy. He plays, he plays with great balance. So you wouldn't expect him to get hurt unless it's a fluke injury. Uh, he's tre- a tremendous pass blocker. So he's not coming off on third down. And like you said, he did improve his pass game and Kellen Moore should make the offense better. I, I have no problem with it. I would. He's, he's caught 79% of his targets at nine yards per reception. Yeah. That's last year. He <laughs> last year he caught 81% of his passes. Would you, that's ridiculous. Christian McCaffrey's like 86. I was going to point that out in a second. Would you, so in a, I mean, in a non PPR, it's not even a league. It's not even a question. It's Zeke and Saquon first and second. And I think given the volume that the Cowboys will utilize Zeke in, in the running game, you can certainly make the case he's won. So you are bypassing Saquon Barkley for Zeke Elliott if you have the first overall pick. Zeke is my number one pick regardless of format. Wow. Okay. I love it. That is, um, that means that Saquon is your number two. My number two very quickly, I guess, is, uh, well, I guess, but you had Kamara three. Saquon 2, Zeke 1. And I have Christian McCaffrey 2. And the reason I did that, and I this is like with the wide receiver exercise with McFadden, I was like, man, I don't know if I, I don't know if I did the right thing here. <laughs> like, like I, I had Antonio Brown too low and McFadden, or I had Julio too low. I feel like I might have Zeke too low. Uh, with McCaffrey, I will point out, only 219 carries last year, upped his yards per rush to up to 5.0. Upped his catch percentage up to 86.3. He had 107 receptions. He had 1965 yards from scrimmage. Um, he has, as Dave Gettleman points out, suction cups for hands. He's an expl- he's more explosive than I think he's been given credit for in his first two years. And I think the Panthers really improved their offensive line. If Cam Newton is not healthy, and we don't know if he is yet, I would flip Kamara and Zeke on my list. Uh, I mean, excuse me, uh, CMC and, and Zeke on my list because I would be worried that, um, that, you know, maybe CMC is, sees too many stacked boxes, but say, Saquon won for me. I just think he was explosive as a, as a rookie. Uh, why do you have him too? It's really nothing against Saquon. It's just that Zeke has done it for longer. Um, there, I do wonder, there were a couple of little troubling things about Barkley's production without Odell Beckham mm. in the final four games last year. It will be a bigger challenge for him in terms of fantasy production and not just like a talent evaluation. It's more of a concern of if this Giants offense is a dumpster fire, it is difficult to be the best running back in fantasy on a dumpster fire offense. That's true. As much as we want to make fun of Eli Manning and what the Giants were last year, they still scored a bunch of points. If things go really downhill without Odell Beckham, I worry that Barkley might be like number five instead of number one. Wow. And he did. I mean, if you look at Barkley, like here's the thing about I think it falls more in line with uh Kamara, like everything broke right. And he's incredible, but I mean, he averaged five point yards rushing and 7.9 yards receiving. That's, that's ridiculous. He caught 75.2% of his passes. What if Daniel Jones is his quarterback instead of Eli? 
who maybe is a little bit less accurate on those short yardage plays. You know, what if, um, what if the Giants are trailing in more games and are forced to pass the ball a lot more often? The, the script, like, there's no, I don't think there's a guaranteed leap forward for Saquon, whereas Zeke has such a, Zeke has established his floor and his ceiling and it's ridiculous. Um, and Christian McCaffrey to me could end up being better than Alvin Kamara this year in terms of comparing those two. Um, is there any, would you take a wide receiver over any one of those four if you were drafting? No. Okay. So those are your top four in, yep. in drafts as well. Um, all right. What, uh, who would be your guy? If you had to pick one guy, not one non Melvin Gordon guy to leap into the top five, who would it be? I will go with James Conner. Because I, like he was pretty close to that last year in 13 games. It's fair. So let's just say that all of this stuff about the touches is smoke and mirrors. I think you should almost expect him to be in the top five. In fact, I had him ahead of Melvin Gordon and PPR at one point this offseason, and it's possible he could get back there again. All right. Uh, let's take a quick break. Then uh, Heath and I will come back and uh, do a beer draft. And uh, then we'll talk to uh, then I'll talk to James Conner after apparently what will be a second break for this podcast. All right. It is July 4th. You are hopefully listening to this in the morning and wondering how, what kind of beer should I be drinking on this delicious sunny afternoon celebrating America? Maybe you're doing, maybe you're cooking out. Maybe you're by the pool. Maybe you're on the boat. Maybe you're on the beach. Whatever it is, uh, Heath and I are going to try and give you some good summertime beer options. Um, Heath, I will say this. Anything is on the table. Any brand, any variety, like it doesn't have domestic, craft, whatever it is, it, it, whatever makes you happy when you're out there on the, um, out there on, in the sand and the sun, uh, cooking by the, you know, you can go hopped up, you can go stout if you want. What, uh, what would be your first pick if you were? Well, picking- I, I did want to clarify that. Yeah. Um, just, just to, cause I, I want to be exact with our draft. Sure. Um, am I starting this off like, I'm going to drink this beer on 4th of July and I'm going to be drinking for the next six hours. Or is this, I'm having one beer today. No, no, no. I think it's, uh, for the, these are crush. We're going crushable. Yeah. This is not like, I want like, like you're not going to be like, I want a CBS and I'm going to go sit down stairs and drink a 22 ounce CBS. Um, okay. Yeah. This is a, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to smash a lot of beers today. And I'm trying, like, I've got one that I, I don't think, like, I've got multiple non-craft beers that I enjoy that I would, that I will draft because I like them. Uh, but I'll let you go first. I've been going, when I, when I'm looking for going to the beach or going to the pool, I've been very, very hazy IPA, okay. New England IPA recently. And one of my favorites is the Space Camper from Boulevard. Okay. I've had a lot of those lately, and that is what I'll be drinking today. And so I will take the Space Camper from Boulevard first. Okay, that's a very good choice. I I get a little hesitant to go out there and pound um to pound uh IPA IPAs. It just depends on the time. Like if it's noon, I'm probably not slamming IPAs. We were down at the beach with my my in laws, and we were there for a week, and we would drink non IPAs, lagers, whatever you know, uh, up until about three o'clock and then we once we came back from the beach or the boat we would shift into the heavy ipas uh but they, they tend to twist you quickly so you need to you need to know yourself and you need to know what you were capable of taking down which is why my first choice will be the westbrook gosa uh preferably 
and this is hard to get. It's in Charleston. Heath, Heath went to the brewery. We talked about it last year. The key lime, key lime pie gosa. It is unbelievable. Now it's salty. It's sweet. It's sour. Uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta adjust your palate to it a little bit. But man, if you would think it would be like depriving you of, of, um, of, uh, of, of like the feeling you want when you're out there in the sand and the sun, but it's the opposite. It, it's, it's refreshing, quenches your thirst. And, uh, if you can get a hold of that gosa, I highly recommend it. Yeah. And I'm not going to shy away from the IPAs. In you fact, shouldn't. uh, most of mine are going to be IPAs today. <laughs> so I am going to go with uh, another new one, another, um, it's a local down here in South Florida. Oop. It's the Funky Buddha Cosmic Journey, which is their new hazy New England IPA. I Funky Buddha is I the only beef I have with Funky Buddha is that they sold out, right? I mean like if they hadn't Right. Otherwise everything they produce is great. Is that made it up to I wonder if that's made it up to North Carolina yet cuz we now have like the uh, hop gun and the pineapple hop gun. They, they are distributing it, distributing it in cans. Oh, it is at Total Wines here, so I think there's a possibility it's up there. Okay, I will have to check that out. Um, I'm going to go a little off the grid. This is not this is not me taking value here because I could wait and to the last round and take this beer. There's no chance Heath is going to take it. Um, I'm going to take Pacifico. That's right, the Mexican lager. I love a Mexican lager. I love a Pacifico. The key here is you have to have fresh cut limes. You must cut up a lime into tiny little triangles, put it into a plastic bag, take it with you to the beach, toss it in that Pacifico to the pool or whatever it is, and um, enjoy that Pacifico. You can enjoy roughly 12 to 13 of those before noon without really putting yourself at risk if you have to drive home. That is not a uh, an approved message. No, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't Never think that's true at all. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Never drink twelve beers and drive. Obviously. <laughs> ride home. Ride home. Loggers are my second least favorite style of beer. I just don't drink loggers, and I've stopped drinking wheats as well. I don't care for wheats at all. Um, I am going to go with. I'll, I'll go a little bit. Uh, Another one I think that we have on tap for tomorrow, it's the Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing. Oh, yeah. It's a great choice. Very good crushable beer. Mm. See, I should have gone with that instead uh, because at our pool, they actually sell Hazy Little Thing. They apparently have the final stock of them in North Carolina, the 19.6-ounce um, Hazy Little Things. Ah. So it's like that very thin can. Um I will take, uh, I will go IPA here as well. And, um, I will actually take, uh, I think I'm going to go with, hmm, I think I'm going to take a two hearted. I don't know what it is about two hearted. Maybe it's because they also sell them at our pool. I typically think that it is a little bit heavier, but man, it goes down good. And, uh, I am not afraid to fire up a two hearted, a Bell's two hearted. It's a very classic, uh, classic beer, of course. But it's a very good IPA for pool drinking. I am going to make sure that you don't get this one. This is a strategic <laughs> pick because I know that you might say it, and I just want to make sure you don't. It's a little higher uh, ABV. You cannot have twelve of these before lunch <laughs> and then drive. But I am going to go with the Pulp Patriot. Oh, friends at Brew Dog, the milkshake IPA that is just fantastic. If you listen to this pod, you know there is no way we were doing a uh, a beer draft without mentioning uh, Brew Dog. We love their stuff. Uh, James Marks is a listener and, and works there. The Pulp Patriot. The thing is, 
you can't, you can't drink more than two of those. Like, well, you can, but, but not if you have to go somewhere. <laughs> you can drink one I, of those. I don't know. Like, what I do on the Fourth of July is I go to the beach at approximately eleven thirty in the morning. Yeah, we leave the beach at approximately eleven thirty at night. Okay. Um, I'm going to be laying in sand for twelve hours tomorrow. Sure. You have, or today, you are currently yeah. currently laying in sand for some people. Yes. Um, do you? Do you? Don't you have a kid who is like legal driving age? Uh, two. That's and and that's, one of them is bringing their boyfriend. So I've got three legal drivers who, who are not legally allowed to drink. One only one of them is. Uh, you have a twenty-one year old. No, my daughter's boyfriend is twenty-one. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, uh, whatever. In the case, yes. you have the same age range, but like, yes, like, you have two. You have two guaranteed drivers, no matter where you go. Yes, as that's, long as I can get them to go with me. That's a game changer. Oh, it makes life much better. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the reason you have kids and raise them. Um, all right, I'm going to take one that I know you won't take, but I'll take it. I, I'm just thinking of summer beers. We'll probably do one or two more. Uh, I actually think I don't like wheat beers, but I do love the taste of an Oberon from Bell's. A nice summer wheat beer that doesn't get – it's not too weedy. There's no Hefeweizen flavor to it. I can get behind a Bell's Oberon. I'm going to go just totally blow everyone's mind with a porter, <laughs> Boulevard Bully Porter, Ooh. because the beer is disappearing, and I wish more people would drink it so they would make more of them. Um, it is a porter that is hoppy. It's almost like an IPA and a porter, and it's only 6%. It's delicious, even in the summer. Mm, I like that. Um, i got to ask you this. Do you like – I don't like session IPAs. I feel like I'm getting ripped off. Yeah. You, I'm paying the same price and getting less alcohol. You're paying the same price. You get less <laughs> alcohol. It tastes the same, which is great. But like, if I'm going to be drinking IPAs in the sun, I don't want anything to do. Like founders all day IPA is a perfectly fine beer, but why would I just not drink a, a you know, a regular, I'd a, much rather drink Centennial, a regular beer. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, this is a hyper local choice. So, but not even distributed. It's distributed around North Carolina, but I get a lot of people asking me, about beers in North Carolina. And one of the best beers going right now is an IPA. This is strategic because I know you can't pick it because you don't know what it is. Tropical Lightning by Wilmington Brewing Company. If you're in the state, if you're down at the beach vacationing, make sure to stop by Wilmington Brewing and get their Tropical Lightning, an outstanding IPA. That'll uh, that'll probably wrap it up for me unless you got any more you want to add on. I mean, uh, we, could, we, could, we could do this, by the way, for like seven hours. Oh, yeah. I, I think I'm good. Okay. Um Oh, All right. I will. Stone and joy by. <laughs> you're just, uh, just you're gonna make, finish it off. <laughs> if you drink three stone and joy buys, you're not <laughs> you're not seeing the the fireworks on the Fourth of July. Um, all right, he is Heath Cummings. As always, uh, pleasure to have you on to talk about running backs and beer. And uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Hope everybody has a great holiday. We're gonna take it a break and uh, and talk to James Conner. Thanks, Heath. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot 
Carter Finley. Shout out, Carter Finley. Or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip. Maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid. wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. James, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. I can't complain, man. It's the offseason. Get to uh, get to relax and uh, enjoy uh, enjoy not dealing with football for the moment. How is um? How's, how's this offseason going for you? Because it's, it's very different. You, uh, you are the guy in Pittsburgh, right? I mean, you, this is, uh, this is your team now, or like your team in terms of the running game, isn't it? Uh, you know, I gotta earn it still. You know, I like to think so, but, uh, you know, I, I this summer I'm gonna be putting in a lot, a lot of work and, uh, you know, just coming to training camp ready, healthy, in shape and just, just earn that role and, uh, you know, just be there for my teammates. So, uh, yeah, it's been a fun summer. I, um, I mean, a lot of, I mean, I, I followed you for a long time because, because everything you did at Pittsburgh, um, on and off the field, huge fan of your story. How much does your, you. how much does your ability to, not your ability, how much does your, your history maybe overcoming obstacles? I know a lot of athletes do, but yours may be more n- notorious. How much, how much does your ability to overcome, uh, keep you in a place where you try to remain humble and, and focused on, on sort of grinding in a blue collar way, uh, through the off season, even knowing the big year you had? Uh, man, it's easy. You know, I come from humble beginnings and, um, you know, my family keeps me humble. Uh, my story, you know, motivates me every day and keeps me humble. And, uh, you know, just the city I'm in, you know, I know where I come from and, um, you know, just haven't reached my ultimate goal yet, and that's to to win the Super Bowl. And I still think I'm humble after we do that. So uh, it's easy, man. It's just uh, continue to work hard, and it's just uh, it's instilled in me. So no, no matter of stats or fame, nothing can uh, can really change me. It feels like, and you can tell me whether it's true or not, but it feels like there is a emphasis on leadership and uh, teamwork uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers this off season. Am I right or wrong there? Oh, well, yeah, we have leadership, you know, already. We have, uh, you know, guys like Ben and, and Marquis Fonsi, Cam Hayward, and, and even our young guys, you know, T.J. Watt and, and uh, you know, Shazier is still there motivating us and, and being a leader. So, I mean, you know, we have leadership there, you know, no matter what anybody else says. Um, we know we have in that locker room. So, uh, and it's been fun. It's been fun, and uh, it's been fun to be a part of. A lot of times you see situations in the NFL where, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to get you to say that the team is better off without Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell, but it does feel okay. like you sort of let some of the air out of the room when, when the superstars walk away and people are, people are kind of questioning whether the Steelers offense can be just as good. My thought is that you and Juju will have better years than, uh, Le'Veon and Antonio Brown. Do you think the Steelers offense can match the success of the past few years? Uh, yeah. I mean, every, 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 every year is a new year. And so, um, we just want to come out and play hard, play for each other and, uh, you know, we need help from all over. We need special teams to be big. We need our defense to create turnovers for us. So it's really a team effort. It's a lot more than just me and Juju. You know, we're we're going we're you know we're big big pieces of it, and we're going to do our job and be productive. But um, you know, man, it takes a team, and, and so we're just really excited to get get after it and, and get this ball rolling and uh, 
really shock the world. Uh, you're, you're too good at answering these these questions to, to fall for anything. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you: Do you really do you like eating French fries on your sandwiches? <laughs> man, I love I like I like Fermani Brothers. Man, I, really? like, I like I like it all. I'm on I'm on a diet right now, you know. But um, you know, when I got my cheat meals and stuff, you know, I eat fries on the side, put fries on the salad too. And there, there's no limits on, on on cheat days. What uh, what kind of diet are you working on? Are you like a like is it a new age diet? Because I know quarterbacks uh are, are big into this stuff, like Russell Wilson and Tom Brady. Tom Brady doesn't eat tomatoes. You got anything crazy going on? Or is it just a standard all season diet? You know, this is standard off-season diet, you know, a lot of fruit for breakfast, you know, get my gallon of water in, uh, just discipline, low-carb, no sugar, you know, no junk. Just, um, really, uh, just your, your basic diet, you know, even though it's hard to stick to, but, um, you know, discipline will take you far. What is, um, what is the, uh, like, do you, do you anticipate sharing touches in the back, in the, in the backfield? Because you guys, like Jalen Samuels, who, uh, I, I went to NC State, watched him there. I think he's a tremendous player, maybe a better yeah. receiving weapon than, a, than a rushing weapon, but he filled in admirably last, last year when you, when you had to miss time. And then, uh, Snell added in the draft, Benny Snell. What, um, how do you, how do you see this shaking out? And is there, are you guys, you guys have a pretty tight running back room there? Yeah, man, we do. First and foremost, it's all about relationships, man. And um, I got great relationships with all those guys, and they have great relationships with each other. And so, uh, man, we know the talent that Jalen brings. Man, he's a tremendous receiver, talented runner as well. And uh, you know, I've watched Benny's highlights at uh, Kentucky, man. Just a hard-nosed yeah. runner, like not scared of contact. So I'm excited to see all them in action. And um, you know, I always say it's like you look around the league. A lot of the teams that are successful, you know, use a couple backs. So I'm excited for it. Um, you know, I'll, I want to get my touches, obviously. You know. Who, who doesn't, but, you know, for us to win those games and, uh, you know, it, it's going to take a collective group. Well, I thought it was really amazing to see the the back and forth. You mentioned the relationships. You and Le'Veon Bell, um, throughout his whole, you know, 2018, you know, 2018 season where he's away. And look, I mean, you know, it, it was, he got, that, he got that contract stuffed on him by the CBA, but you guys really managed to have a positive relationship. Was it, was that, was that all, was that any of that for show? Are you guys really good friends? No, man, we're actually really good friends. And it's just, um, you know, it's just, you know, business is business. Well, you know, and he wanted a contract and, you know, I didn't have nothing to do with that. You know, that wasn't anything about me. So, um, you know, aside from the field and the business aspect, you know, we're people. And so, you know, we got a good relationship with him, and and uh, he, you know, always send me encouraging texts throughout games and everything. So it's it's a lot bigger than the field, man. That's awesome. Um, all right, I'm rank. We're ranking. We're, you know, it's off season, so we're trying to fill the fill the void until we get to training camp. We are ranking running backs this week. Uh, where where should I rank you? Where would you rank yourself if you were ranking the top running backs in the NFL? Man, I definitely would say I'm top five. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of talented backs in, in this league. Um, and it's, and, it's, and it's really hard to say, you know, about running backs because there's so many different styles. You know, that's why you really can't say who's the greatest running back of all time because you got guys that other running backs, things that certain running backs can't do and vice versa. You know, so, um, but I like my talents and I like my skill set. I like my, my style. And, you know, I always say I'm up in the top five category. That's, I like that. That's a good answer because like a lot of people would be like, I'm the best. I'm number one, but there are, a, you know, like Kamara and Christian McCaffrey, I mean, yeah. just different backs and different right. styles. Who do, who do you think is the greatest running back of all time? If you had to, you see, I just said I couldn't pick one. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you like an, you Emmett, are you an Emmett guy or a Barry guy? Cause I feel like those are the two that, that it comes down to, but maybe, maybe you're younger and you're like, AP's the greatest of all time. I have no idea. Yeah, you see, see that's the thing. Like, I love, I love Barry. Like, there's yeah. Barry. It's high team. You're not saying he's not one of the best of all time, but but then there's also guys like Mark, like some of the runs that Marshawn Linson had, and Adrian mm. Peterson had, like his and Walter Payne and Emmett has the record. So how are you going to say he's not the best? So 
you know, it's just too many. Um, I just respect everybody to the utmost, all those running backs who, who came before us and, and who has had tremendous careers. So, you know, I, I I'm not, I can't put my finger on one of them. Uh, you got to spend, you're getting to spend your off season. You mentioned, uh, you know, having some fun. Uh, you're working with Polaris yeah. and their, uh, slingshot yeah. summer of fun. This actually sounds awesome. I don't know if the Steelers are big fans of this, but, uh, you're, you're working with a company <laughs> that, 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 that has, uh, three wheeled roadsters. Oh, are they cool with it? Are they yeah, down? I mean, it's a safe ride. You know, it's not dangerous. Uh, you you know, it's a slingshot, three wheels, you know, so it's, it's safe and, you know, it's been awesome. It's, like I said, it's a summer of fun and, you know, they're actually doing this contest that they're sending people to Hawaii for, for a trip to Hawaii and to ride in the, in the slingshot and see all the beautiful scenery in Hawaii. All you got to do is go to PolarisSlingshot.com. But no, it's a safe ride, man, so nobody should be, you know, worried about driving it and the safety issues. Like I said, it's three wheels, so yeah, you'll be good. It's a summer of fun. And so if they go to PolarisSlingshot.com, they can learn a lot more about it. And, uh, and hopefully they're one, hopefully they're one in Hawaii. Well, one of the other things too about like the slingshot is it's a, it's a, it's a stick. So you have to be kind of locked in driving right. it. Like, and, uh, right. And that's, that's even more safe about it. Yeah, it's, it's a stick shift. So you can't text and drive, can't be on the phone. You gotta be focused. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's safe. You that's right. And people, uh, according to Polaris can drive. If you don't know how to drive a stick shift, go to your local Polaris slingshot dealer in the month of July and they'll teach you how to drive a stick for free. I might send my brother there. Girl, he said, he's 34 years old. Can't drive a stick. <laughs> yeah, it ain't never too late. Go to the dealership and, you know, they'll, they'll teach you how to ride it. All right, James, this is awesome, man. Good luck uh, this coming season. Can't wait to uh, see how you guys perform on the field, and, and best of luck to you in 2019, pal. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man.